Are you paying too much for your home and auto insurance? At Caleb Holloway State Farm, you're a one-quick-click call and quote away for some serious savings. Visit www.calebholloway.net or call 706-406-2111 for all of your home, auto, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, Caleb Holloway State Farm is there. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and you, sir, are... Hello! It's Ed. Ed, what's up, What's man? happening, everybody? Man! Rob, welcome back, Ed. Man, that song's got me so amped. I know, right? That song, <laughs> if the cocaine's as good as that song. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. There, gonna, there ain't no concrete room that can hold me. <laughs> I'm telling you, i got to drop my car off after I leave here. I'm either going to have them work on it or start a fight with every one of them in there and <laughs> lose almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, hey, we missed you, man. Where have you been? What's been going on with man, you? Man, I have been training for an undisclosed courier service throughout the United States. And, uh, man. It's, is, it the, is it the shitty one? No, wait, I'm uh, just kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> I, I can't be honest. <laughs> so, you were doing a lot of driving. So, I wanted to know. Man. What was your stress level like when they're like, there's no gas, no well, gas anywhere? What was crazy is I never, uh, I was leaving so early in the morning. Yeah. I think that I was able to strike a couple of the gas stations before everybody else was up. So in the middle of the night when, you know, people kind of left the gas alone for a while, I was able to kind of sneak in there and, and, and get a tank or two. I'll tell you the funniest shit. We, uh, I don't know what it was. We had went somewhere. Where did we go uh, the other day? I want to say it was Kennesaw. Yeah, we went to Kennesaw. We had to go do a little dress shopping for our daughter. She's got a formal uh, coming up. So we went to Kennesaw, and uh, we are coming home. And, of course, I should not be scrolling on my phone when I'm driving, but I do. I look at shit yeah. on my phone when I'm in traffic or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What's the deal, man? Everybody's <laughs> saying the gas is, there's a gas shortage. I don't watch the news. I watch the weather. And if the Braves are winning, I watch the sports. But uh, yeah. other than the rest of the news, I just don't. I don't, I get don't involved. blame you. I don't get involved with it. Don't blame you. But uh, apparently, you know, the the pipelines got hacked uh, by some criminal organization. 
and I, and I'll be the first one to name that criminal organization uh, is the United States government. <laughs> They're the ones that probably <laughs> manifested this horse shit thing to make people get run frantically in the streets. Oh, now Rob, they've always had our best interest at heart. They have <laughs> not had our best interest at heart. So, uh, but uh, but I'm like shit. We got to get some get some gasoline, you know, and so. We take the we're we're in the car, so I take the car and, and we get it filled up and uh you know, of course there's there's more than average people there and I call Tyler from you know, he lives on the other side of town from us. I'm like, dude, get out and get some gasoline. Apparently, uh there's a gas there's gonna be a gas shortage. And he of course he's laughing at me. He's like, Ooh, believe everything you read on Facebook, Dad. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> motherfucker, just keep on playing and don't have any gasoline, see what happens. <laughs> so so I guess like uh, his whatever his uh, his angel and his devil on his shoulder that the angel's like just go get the gas Tyler and so he calls me he's like Dad what's going on There's so many cars I can't even get in the gas I was like Oh who's funny now who's who's stupid now but Anyway so I go I, I can run home real quick and I go get my truck because uh, you know I do a lot of driving every day uh, to different counties or whatever and. Uh, so I run and get my truck and I go back to the same gas station that, uh, that we had just filled up at the car. You can't even get in. Yeah. Like, and I literally did not have any gas on my truck. Like I was seriously like on E, my light was on. Yeah. And, um, I finally get in and I'm pumping gas and it hits the $60 mark and cuts off. And I'm like, what? So I'm like still squeezing the thing. So you can only get up to $60 or however many gallons you could get. Uh, at this particular gas station and it will cut you off which i was okay with that because i now i watch all these people <laughs> like i don't know what's real and what's fake anymore but i if people are filling up plastic bags shopping yeah. bags with gas it's insane what's crazy is i got on twitter and so bartow county news got their own thing on facebook yeah where then they showed a picture of, yeah. of a couple it looked like it, it looked like Ryan Klesko and John Crook filling up. <laughs> oh my God. It was a man and woman, allegedly. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. It's got like 18 gas cans. Yeah. And they're in there filling all that shit up. Well, then I get on Twitter, and somebody from L.A. got a hold of that picture. Yeah. And they're like, this is what's wrong with your gas shortage. I'm like, damn, it traveled from Bartow County. I kid to- you not. I kid you not. And this is factual. Um, I saw a picture of somebody filling up one of those 100-gallon water things that farmers use. That was a picture. And I was like, man, surely nobody's really doing that. I swear to God, yesterday, this dude is at the racetrack in Cartersville, and he's fucking filling one up, like, on the back of his truck. I'm like, this idiot right here, you know. Damn. That's have he had a landscaping? If, I mean, if a guy had a landscaping business or something like that, I get it. If it's going to affect your work, right, yeah, I you know, it. I get it. But if you're if you're just filling it up because you're, you're a moron, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's uh, oof. I tell you what, that just seeing that picture, that that fella in that pile of batteries he was with, <laughs> filling up all them gas cans, it just really it made me feel a certain type of violent way. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. The Buck Cherry song comes on in your head, and you sort of Look, start, where the fuck are they at? You start swinging on people at the gas station. <laughs> I know. Um, what you know? Sometimes we do a, a WTF uh, uh, segment on this on this uh, podcast. It's uh, what the Florida, <laughs> what the Florida. So I'll give you a WTF that I saw yesterday. Somebody's Humvee, okay, big Humvee, nice vehicle. I think it's one of the newer ones. Um, apparently, they had loaded up several canisters of gasoline, uh, filled them up, and loaded them up in the vehicle. And the vehicle caught fire and burned. Okay. 
Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Guess what I think happened? What's that? I think somebody might have lost their job and couldn't afford those payments anymore. What a great way to burn your fucking vehicle up and have the insurance pay for it without you going to jail. You know, man, I'd have never thought oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a criminal mind. That's I'll, pretty I'll damn that out loud on smart. This it's, it's it's criminally smart. <laughs> you, you got sometimes you got to think like a criminal, so criminals don't take advantage of you. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, especially in my line of work, what we do, we deal with that shit every day. So what was crazy is when I got up to uh, to to take Lou to school this morning, uh, uh, my girl's gas cap was open oh. on her vehicle, and so automatically I thought the so worst. Saw the gas. Yeah, yeah. but it turns out uh, Lou said, "Oh, I did that yesterday." Oh, okay. I was, oh well, shit! Good, good. You have no idea. <laughs> Dude, I, well, I'll tell you, I, I, my debit card got compromised a couple of about a week ago. It got compromised, and uh, I had a a DoorDash charge from Applebee's, uh, and I'm like, we don't even need it at Applebee's. That's the most disgusting thing ever. Who the hell eats yeah, at Applebee's? Exactly. So I go to the bank, and I have to get my debit card cut off, uh, and then like Tyler comes over for dinner, and we're talking or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, my damn debit card. I mean, my debit card's linked to all the shit I pay out, you know, automatic, you know, debit and. Uh, I'm like, yeah, man, I just wanted to DoorDash my shit from Applebee's and had to go up there and get my debit card cut off. And he was like, how much was it? And I was like, $41 and some change. I don't know. Why? What does that matter? And he goes, oh, well, do you remember that time that we were going to DoorDash food uh, when I still lived at home and you was just like, and it wouldn't go through and you're like, never mind, we'll just go pick it up. And I was like, yeah, he goes. Well, apparently I must still have your debit card number uh, under my... D- I was like, Tyler, dude, do you not know <laughs> how much trauma you've caused in my life yeah. over this? And so and now I went to the bank and I got them to refund it back to me. And so today I got to go get my debit card, my new debit card, and I got to uh, get them to debit that money back out of my account because... Damn, I mean, man. But it's not even the money. It's not, even, And I'm happy that my shit didn't get compromised because I, it's a, it is a... When someone steals your identity or somebody gets into your bank account, and I used to work at the bank, uh, it is a nightmare. It's a complete nightmare. To yeah. know where, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know how to stop it. Um, you know, they cut your card off, which is linked to all your other shit. And, uh, and, and so I found out that uh, <laughs> my insurance didn't get paid. So luckily I got to call that in. I got an email and called that in. Um, my cable bill was not paid. So I had to call that in and get that fixed and straightened out. So, mm. so, uh, and I don't know what else is not what I hadn't got an email on yet. So it's a big pain in the ass. Wait, that's crazy. That would have raised red flags on me when it come up an Applebee's charge. It's like everybody knows you don't go there to eat. You go there to fuck in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what are you doing in here, pervert? Yeah. I'm trying to pee. Yeah. What are you doing? Put your boot back up. <laughs> that thing's dragging the ground over there. <laughs> I thought I was on an episode of Wild Kingdom. I didn't know what the hell was going on in there. I just heard noises and I don't know. It was just weird. So, <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, what the Florida, uh, this kind of ties in a little bit to what the Florida. Uh, a lot of this happened in Florida, what we're going to talk about today. Um, when everybody thinks about drug pen, uh, drug king pens, they think about uh you know, the cocaine, uh, the cocaine days back in the 80s, everybody thinks of Pablo Escobar was a drug kingpin. Uh, but uh, some of you may or may not know, uh, there's a, a certain lady <laughs> from uh, Colombia that made her way through uh, the drug trafficking uh, back in the days where the, it was the cocaine cowboys. She was a cocaine cowgirl, I guess. 
she was one of the biggest players in the game. Uh, Griselda Blanco. Uh, she was uh, definitely one of the probably biggest influencers in cocaine trafficking back in the back in uh, Miami in the eighties, and was responsible for a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean somewhere to the sound of maybe three hundred and uh, I'm sorry, three thousand four hundred pounds of cocaine. Uh, trafficked into the United States, uh, probably way more than that. So. Oh, yeah, it says she was making what, eighty million dollars a month, or bringing in eighty million dollars a month of revenue. A month. That is insanity. She was a billionaire. She had a billion dollar drug trafficking um, business. And she better be. She better be happy that she was rich. Cause she wasn't getting shit off her looks. I can promise you that. No, one. son. She she absolutely. Man, she fell out of the top. Man, she like a wart with a mouth. <laughs> she, she looked like Chad off a of weird science. Like that. Please don't send the cartel after us. It's all funny games. We're just trying to tell her story. Let her live on. Praise her name. But you know, she had ambitions. I mean, she named her son Michael Corleone yeah. Blanco. <laughs> yeah, she had. I mean, that's a woman with a vision. So, and I'll say this. Uh, and we'll just kind of get into her story a little bit. Um. She was known as La Madrina. Uh, she was uh, she was she was in the beginning of the drug the, the drug trade in the seventies. Well, Pablo Escobar was only stealing cars, so that's where you know she was she was she had started way earlier you know than he had got started. Um, if Pablo Escobar was the kingpin, she definitely was the queenpin when it came to the drug trafficking game. So she has such a a horrible beginning to her story she did which is you know exactly what put her in the position that she was mm -hmm. in uh you know fleeing from home at the age of nine because her uh her mother's boyfriend was molesting her right and she took to the streets and i mean that's you know pretty much where she was raised that's all she knew let me tell you how hard she was as a child at 11 years old i mean this is just hard for me to believe but 11 years old and she's from columbia she lived in columbia um she kidnapped a 10 year old boy and she she was like, I got your kid. This is how much money I need or he's going to die. This 11-year-old girl, okay. Well, they didn't pay her. She shoots the kid and kills him. Shoots and kills him. At 10 years, at 11 years old, she's committed a murder at 11 Man. years old. Wow. You know, I'd still not learn to... Uh to not, you know, keep the dribble stains off my shorts at 11 years old. Yeah, yeah, same here. Like, I was I was too busy, like, freaking out that I just poured my bowl, like, Saturday morning cartoons, and I just poured my bowl of cereal on the carpet. And I was like, how am I going to get this up before my mom smells milk and beats me? So, not really, she wouldn't beat me. She probably should have had a few times. Um, but just to kind of go back to, you know, saying that, you know, she lived in the streets or whatever. Um, she was a pickpocketer and, and she was a prostitute. That's what she did at a very, very early age. Um, you know, again, she's a ma major drug play uh, player in the drug game in Miami. Uh, countless enemies in Cuba and the United States. Uh, she didn't care who she pissed off. She was she was uh, very driven in her yep. her uh, rise to power. Uh, from shopping mall shootings to motorbike hit squads, uh, home invasions, um, she was one of the deadliest women in the entire drug trade. Um, they say from 200 to possibly 2,000 potentially murdered people at her hands or her call. 
Um, Nelson Abreu was a homicide detective uh, back in the day, back when, you know, the, the, the cocaine cowboy days. Uh, he said that she was the most brutal of any of the men in the business. You know, she was the most brutal and that she was one that would um, kill you first, ask questions later. Yeah. And she didn't care who was around. So it was, it was well known that when she put a hit on somebody, you know, uh, collateral damage, uh, you know, colla- you know, casualties of, of pedestrians or children, women, it didn't matter. She wanted everybody dead. So she ruled, you know, with an iron fist and she was, yeah. she was cruel and, uh, wanted people to be afraid of her. And they were, people were very afraid of her. Um, we had, we had talked about where she had, you know, ran away from home. She shot and killed a 10 year old at 11, uh, because a ransom wasn't paid when she abducted the 10 year old. Um, at 13, she married uh, Carlos, uh, I think it's Trejo. Uh, he was one of three uh, guys that she would marry and murder. Uh, he was just number one. Uh, but at 13, she married him. They had three sons. Uh, and then in 1970, she had him killed. Had him killed. I didn't say why. Um, apparently, they just didn't get along. So, Man, I get, yeah, definitely. And then uh, her second husband was Alberto Bravo, um, who actually introduced her into the cocaine game. So they had moved to Queens, and uh, business was booming. So they were they were they were in New York, uh, and business was booming. The cocaine market was just exploding. Um, they took a huge chunk of the of the cocaine traffic away from the Italian mafia. So and she became known as the Godmother. And, uh, she, uh, when you're fucking with the Italian mafia and you're taking business away from them and you're still breathing. Oh yeah. That just goes to show you how much power you have. Oh yeah. You know, that's how, that's how connected you are. If you're able to step in there and take a big piece of their pie and they don't do any, and you, you're still functioning and breathing. That's, yeah. that's, that's pretty credible. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's some, some real, uh intestinal fortitude there yeah she actually uh she was so slick that she would hire women to traffic drugs to smuggle drugs on planes and they would put cocaine in padded bras so the women would go through and of course the you couldn't pull that shit off now you have a dog eat your leg off if you go to the airport with cocaine on you but uh, yeah but this chick uh you know they they revolutionized uh the way they they brought cocaine into the united states so and then trafficked it all around so uh, in 1975, she actually uh, was busted by the NYPD and the DEA. Uh, this thing was called Operation Banshee. It was one of the largest one of its time, one of the largest busts of its time. Uh, but before she was indicted, she escaped back to Columbia. Uh, and when she got back to Columbia, apparently her and her new husband, or her husband, Mr. Bravo, had got into uh, a little uh, spat about, you know, a couple of millions missing uh mm. and it got a little escalated oh no and she pulled out a pistol from her boot and shot him one time in the face oh so man it really hates when the arguments get to that point that you know she did he, she did catch a round in the gut from an uzi so he was trying to trying to get her before she got him and well, you know true love knows no bounds <laughs> that's right i mean they could have just talked it out <laughs> 
It was only a couple of million. Or yeah, it exactly. said millions, so I don't really know how many millions. Uh, when you put that S on it, make it plural, it just sounds it, worse. Yeah, when you put the S on there, it's like, yeah, I probably would have shot him too. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. Millions. That's and we're talking about that. We're talking about the 70s. We're talking about millions in the 70s. Billions in the 80s. You know? Oh, yeah. That's, that's some... That's unreal. More money we'll ever see in our lives, Rob. Yeah. Do you, now, you know, um, she, uh, they actually, there's stories that says that she was actually uh, Pablo Escobar's mentor. Like, that she taught him. Uh, but other people will deny that and say that that wasn't true and that they were they were two rival gangs that hated each other. Oh, I see. I thought it was the uh, United States government that taught him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's the guy that flew the plane for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's another man. We got to do one on him. We sure that can. one will be great. Um, so as she goes back to Cuba, I'm sorry, Cuba, Colombia. Uh, you know, and she shoots her husband in the face, takes a round in the gut. Um, they they say that um, they also said Pablo Escobar was one that put the that killed her husband. Actually, killed her husband. Oh and, wow! And uh, but that that was also dispelled too. Once they did an autopsy on her after she was actually when she died. They did find an old bullet wound in her stomach, which would collaborate with that story that was told. Man. Uh, husband number two is dead, so now she has a new title of the Black Widow. Mm. In 1976, uh, she's running her business from Columbia, so she's in Columbia running the business all through the United States. <clears throat> um, she gets another way to traffic cocaine into the United States. Uh, she starts smuggling it in on this big giant boat called Gloria. She names it Gloria. For whatever reason, I don't know. Um, husband number three, 1978. I'm going to screw this guy's name up. Um, Dario uh, looks like uh, Sepulveda. That sounds good to me. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> uh, birth of her fourth son, which we just talked about a second ago, was Marco Corleone Blanco. Okay. Or probably uh, whatever that guy's last name is. So Michael Corleone is what we're going to call him. Again, a woman with a vision. She names her kid Michael Corleone after the godfather because <laughs> uh, she is the godmother. Uh, uh, she sets her sights on Miami. Now, she hasn't even got to Miami yet, but she sets her sights on Miami at this point, and this is where she comes becomes the queen of cocaine. They, uh, She threw lavish parties, uh, drove expensive cars, drove, flew jets, um, I mean, everything was, everything was at her, you know, at her fingertips. She had, yeah. the, the world was hers, if you will. Yep. Say hello to my little friend. That's crazy. So, man. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so nuts. This chick, she, this kind of goes back to what we talk about with the Peggy's thing, the Peggy story that we did, uh, it comes from straight impoverished, like, uh, simple means like coming from Columbia with nothing, living on the streets. Living on the streets, being a yeah. prostitute, being a pickpocket, a thief, and she's a billionaire in the Miami. A Miami mansions, cars, jets, parties. What do you think about that, man? Women have a drive that we don't have. When they want something, they go get it, man, yeah. by any means necessary. You're Women right. are so mentally strong when they find something they want or something they want to go after. Uh I just feel like as men, we don't have that ambition. I I feel like it's 
we handle things like there's we we see things and handle things differently. We have yeah. a different way to to do things. Yeah, I think so too. But you know, you look at I, I mean, even the Germans. The German soldiers said they'd rather fight the Russian men than women. Yeah, they said the the women were brutal. Yeah, I mean, they just they have a gear we don't have as much as we hate to admit that. Sure. Uh, women's got a gear we don't have and goddamn they're smart too <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're actually at a disadvantage we might be stronger but uh, when it comes to mentally man uh, I, I give women all the credit in the world now could you imagine what what how much more of an advantage she would have had in life if she would have been good looking yeah, exactly now there is a gar- there is a female that was a, in the cartel uh and she was gorgeous and she was a model oh wow she drank her own gr- her own drug uh cartel her own her own group and oh. there's a video of her where she they braid them and she gets shot and killed and bleeds out man yeah there's that videos on youtube you can see that but Oof. uh but no we, I'll, I'll i'll dig in on her we should do one on her because sure. dude she's smoking hot and then she's like this bitch is running around with a machine gun <laughs> cutting down put law enforcement and i'm just like god dang <laughs> talk about I mean, she just she got tired of being an influencer on Instagram. She's like, I'm just gonna sell drugs and kill people. <laughs> yeah. And people do and people do what she said too. So yeah. it's wild. I'll I'll get on I'll get on that one. I'll I'll figure do some research on that. So um so let's go back to uh, this this uh, gorgeous looking uh lady of <laughs> the drug uh, industry. Um her one of her beginning part of her downfalls. She became addicted to smoking bazooka. And, yeah. and and Ed, if you would, if you would not that you've experienced the bazooka, but you just read up on it. So tell us what that is. Bazooka, ladies and gentlemen, is a combination of the crudest parts that come off of cocaine, and also brick dust or uh, brick dust, mortar dust, and it is also uh, mixed with kerosene or gasoline so you got cocaine let's say you got cocaine brick dust and gasoline and you're making a paste with it you make a paste with it and they was even taking it and they'll they'll put it in a joint or put it with tobacco and then smoke it that way yeah just how fucked up are you wanting to get yeah my question i mean and what is what is the meaning for bazooka again what is bazooka uh it actually means dirty trash dirty trash so all those times I was chewing bazooka bubblegum, <laughs> I just had a mouthful of dirty trash. <laughs> it is actually Spanish for dirty trash. Dirty trash. That's that's wild. That yeah. is. Uh, and whew. you think about you take the leftovers of bazooka, or you, sorry, the leftover, the leftover, uh, whatever of cocaine, and they make this drug with it. It's kind of like Budweiser and Nat- Natty Light. <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, the leftover piss part of the beer, and then we just mix it with water and put yeah. it in a can, sell it that's real it. cheap. Almost put ourselves out of business with it. Um, yeah. So um, uh, she started smoking the bazooka and it increased her paranoia. Uh, oh, well, that's got to be a good thing for somebody that already uh, enjoys having people killed. Yeah. So she so she's partying and living it up and smoking bazooka and getting high. Uh, the competition was catching up. So the Medellin cartel uh, had beginning had started flying in uh, plane loads of cocaine into Miami. So they're they're already like kind of coming up on her, you know. Mm-hmm. From 1979 to 1984, uh, South Florida was a complete war zone. Uh, again, they go back to saying it, you know, the the cocaine cowboys. It's just it's just it's the wild west. Yeah. Uh, July 11th, 19 uh, I'm sorry, 1979, 
First shots were fired as Blanco sent a, a, a hit squad uh, to kill a rival drug dealer at a liquor store. The assassins drove up, kind of like the Joker, uh, in a van. It said, happy time. Um, what was it? Happy time, complete party supplies. That was on the side. And it was called the War Wagon. So that's what they used to, to do hits hits on people with was this was van like it was carrying party supplies with clowns on the side of it. <laughs> uh, it was seized by the police. Uh, the police had, had had found it, seized it. Uh, so uh, she switched to uh, to a motorcycle hit squad. Oh, so wow. it kind of like reminds you something about Kill Bill and the Crazy Eighty Eight. Yep. Uh, yep. They got the hit squad. So um, in nineteen eighty, seventy percent of all cocaine in Miami. Came through the hands of uh, of uh, the Black Widow of of Blanco's hands, so she's bringing that much that much cocaine in the United States. Good Lord. It, it, so in the seventies, I'm sorry, in the eighties, if you were doing cocaine, she was a reason it was in there. So, man, 1980, we've got 75 murders in Miami, South Florida. In 81, it grows to 169. Um. Blanco, she struck fear in, into countless people, and she was ruthless. And she, like, again, you know, she killed first, asked questions later. Um, women, children, she was merciless. Uh, if she didn't trust you, you would, you would be found dead. Mm. Um, her number one hitman enforcer, uh, Jorge Riva Aia, uh, killed Rob. He, he, uh, he had a, he would not kill women and children. That was his stipulation. But he did. Uh, he, he shot up a car with a rival um, in in the car, and unfortunately, his two year old son was in the car as well, and he he had killed him. Mm. Um, so, so things are getting crazy. People are getting shot. There's a lot of murders going on. Uh, she's paranoid as fuck, high on bazooka. <laughs> um, hubby number three. Okay, we introduced hubby number three into the. Uh, did we even did we talk about him yet? I don't think I did talk about him yet. Um, hubby number three. Uh, yeah, we did talk about him. She's the He's the one that she had uh, Michael Corleone with. So they had a dispute, and hubby number three kidnaps Michael Corleone and heads back to Columbia with him. As soon as he gets there, she's already got a hitman waiting at the airport, dressed as a police officer, and his gun down in front of their son. So, mm. she, so she kills his ass. Um. This started a war with his brother, Paco, and uh, many of her supporters jumped ship and joined up with Paco to fight against her. Wow. At, at, the, height of her, at the height of her power, uh, she was running a billion-dollar organization and transporting, like I said, 3,400 pounds of cocaine in the United States. In 1984, uh, Jamie, the nephew of her second slain husband, Alberto, was patrolling a shopping mall every day looking for her to kill her. <laughs> um, so finally, she also had a debt uh, to a drug supplier named uh, Marta Ochoa, a debt of $1.8 million. Well, she decided she didn't want to pay that, so she had him killed. And Ochoa's body was found uh, dumped in a canal full of holes. Wow. Yeah. So things are crazy in Miami. She's got people coming after her. Uh, she's just she's killing people off left and right. So she moves to Cali to get the get the heat off her back. So they they moved to California. 
and she's arrested in 1985 in California. Um, she's 42 years old and she's sentenced to nearly 20 years in jail uh, for drug trafficking. Well, Miami's trying to pin murders on her. They're trying to they're trying to get something going on for the murders. So there's a TV show talking about her and uh, like uh, I guess it's a newscast. They're talking about her being arrested and she's in jail for drugs. But they're Miami's trying to pin all these murders on her. So a opportunist, uh, uh, Charlie Crosby, an Oakland crack dealer, sees this on the news. So he sees this on the news, and he uh, pays off the cops. And he begins to come see her, conjugal visits, all that good stuff. And he's in charge of her drug empire. Uh, 1992 went south. Um, as Pablo Escobar's men shot her son, um, Acevedo, he bleeds out. And in 1994, Aya turns star witness and starts uh, confessing to some of these hits that he had done that was, uh, that was uh, ordered by her. So she's trying to get out of jail. So she plan she sets up an, a plan to kidnap JFK Jr. and for her freedom, uh, that he will be released, and then she will give the kidnappers five million each. And they almost kidnapped him. They got close enough to kidnap him, but a patrol car came through and scared him away. So she's still in jail. She actually gets out of jail in 2012, and uh, she's 69 years old at this time. Um, and uh, at her welcome apart, welcome home party, uh, she was uh, shot by a guy on a motorcycle at a butcher shop. Uh, Pablo Escobar and the Mandolin, uh, Man, is it Mandolin? Medellin. Medellin. Medellin cartel uh, was supposedly uh, responsible for it. But to this day, nobody knows who killed her. Man. Yeah. So that's the, that's the end of that, the end of her. That is insane. So he killed his mentor. Yeah. Or had his mentor Allegedly killed. Allegedly had yeah. her killed. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, man, like I, when you dig into her in a story like that, it's just wild to think that some, yeah. you, just the rise to power like that and have that much power and have that much people scared of you and, and killing and everything is wild. So, well, Ed, dude, thank you so much for coming in man. again. And we got to get together and do this again soon. Yes, absolutely, man. I love doing it every time we get on, buddy. All right, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Rob. Yes, sir. Take care. You too.